everyone. Welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where I force my friends to watch a movie they've never seen, or they gently ask me to watch a movie I've never seen. Today, I am joined by... Eric, and uh, I'm not allowed to say anything inappropriate. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about a movie that I've never seen called Falling Down. How long how long have we been together? Like three years? No, we have not. Stop. <laughs> we have not. We passed that mark a long Since twenty sixteen, our first date, funny enough, was surrounded by a movie. We went and saw um the witch. For some reason, no, we didn't. See, that wasn't our first movie. You're out of your mind. That I keep was, for some reason I keep thinking Django Unchained, but it's not Django Unchained. It's, it's the Hateful Eight. That was our first date. It was in. Uh, it was at the end of February. I don't count out. it because you were seeing someone else. I wasn't seeing someone else. Yes, honey, you were. It's, so it's going to be okay. That was our first date. No, this is our first date. Okay, how long has it been? <laughs> Does it mean you love me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you could ever love me? <laughs> You what must love say? me as much as I love you. <laughs> Love's a strong word. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't really remembered. Wait, what does the other dude? What does Howard say? Uh, Do you love me? Yeah, because he says, Love's do you love a... me? And he's like, I'm going to have to pretend I didn't hear that, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Why? Well, that's a pretty strong thing, you know? I mean, it's not that easy, Greg. It's not how it works. How does it work? <laughs> Tell me how it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love that my dad says that shit. I know. <laughs> well, I think it's good we chose this movie because you talked about how much your dad likes it. And I'm excited to watch it with your dad. Hopefully we <laughs> hopefully we will. You think he's down? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Because I'll be there and everything. How We've been together for four and a half years. Well, okay. Now, now you're struggling. No, I'm to not. Remember. I'm just like correcting. Honey, it's been four and a half years. How long do you think you, it's been since you've mentioned this movie to me and I've never seen it? I mean, I've been quoting a lot of the inappropriate stuff in it for, you always do. I mean, yeah, since we started dating. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So I'm trying to think of stuff I know about the movie. And I, I know it's Michael Douglas. Yes. Okay. And I know... That, I mean, I just found out it was, is directed by Joel Schumacher. Did he write it? I can't remember if he wrote it. I can't, I honestly don't remember. I don't recall. Why do I feel like when Joker came out, people compared it to that movie? It follows, I mean, without, well, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, you have no idea what's going to happen in the movie. It, it follows, or more to the point, Joker follows, um, the same journey as falling down mm-hmm. it really follows the same journey right. not that i'm accusing the joker of anything joker's its own thing i just mean it's i mean they've done this kind of story before where you see somebody basically fall yeah you know what i mean that's why it's called falling down it's the demise of a, of the main character well not so much his demise i mean oh. it, it, i guess it just kind of depends on the way you look at it i mean it's kind of think about think about it like this was the joker about the demise of the Joker, or was mm-hmm. it the rise of somebody who just oh, had enough? Okay, you know, and that's what this movie's about. This movie, 
again without any I won't give you any spoilers obviously it's it's it gets compared to Joker a lot because it's about a main character who's just finally had enough mm-hmm. and it's about his slow seep into madness and it's a slow burn you know what I mean right. like you see him go through you see him go through the way I used to think about it because I saw this movie believe it or not when I was a kid mm-hmm. I saw this movie when I was when like maybe like 12 13 you know? it came out like in 93 94 but what's awesome is the the blu-ray copy that I have it actually it's like a special edition and it has like a little booklet that has a bunch of facts in the booklet about the movie oh really yeah so you can actually read I mean you'll see it at the house it it has a bunch of information a bunch of stuff about everybody involved in the movie like Robert Duvall is in the movie and what's interesting uh about Robert Duvall's character he's a cop uh, he's about to retire and he's basically almost on a par- he's on a parallel path with Michael Douglas's character. Right. You know what's crazy? You don't even know you don't even learn Michael Douglas's name in the oh, movie. Oh wow. Yeah, you don't know his name. Okay, wait, he's- don't tell me too much. I okay. feel like that's that's okay. that's something cool. You know, honey, I've seen the first like twenty minutes of this movie. Yeah, because I put it on in the truck yeah. that one time or right? the car or whatever. I remember we were you put it on and I was <laughs> listening to it. So I totally forgot about Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. And now I have a whole outlook, different outlook on him, on him, you know, as an actor. Because of the Godfather. Yeah. 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 Like he's, I'm going to appreciate him more if that makes any sense. Because oh, yeah. Because I feel like I didn't before. He's, you know, when I was younger, I only had my only like, like um, association I ever had with him was um, in Secondhand Lions. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that movie's okay, but it's not like a big hit he had. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway. Um, I've I, seen him. I, I'm trying to think of movies I've seen Robert Duvall in as I was growing up. I know mm-hmm. the 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 biggest one was Days uh, Days of Thunder mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise. He oh, was the okay. uh, he was the oh, coach. Okay, and that was the first time I ever saw him. And then I remember, of course, he was in Gone in sixty seconds with uh, yeah, with uh, Nicholas Cage uh-huh. and everything. But I know I've seen him in other stuff. Like he's he was like one of his biggest roles. I want to say was Lonesome Dove. It was a Western with oh, okay, Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. I believe that was him. Um, but I mean, he's come out in so much stuff. I, mm-hmm. I can't, if I had his filmography in front of me, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah that's I remember something that. I remember we that. should have, a, you know, and, and we'll, we'll kind well, you of. You got your computer here, so yeah. Yeah, I know. We'll, I'll have my phone whenever yeah. we discuss this. But, but yeah, uh-huh. um, that's why it gets compared to Joker a lot. It's it's nearly the same plot. I mean, it really is nearly the same plot. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to, say a joker copied this movie i mean it's like it's it's i mean it's as old as macbeth right Mm -hmm. like look at how macbeth do you know the story of macbeth the shakespeare story yeah i mean it's you know you see this guy like it starts off with him at the top and then you just see him you know go nuts right until it just ends with his demise Mm -hmm. and again falling down doesn't do that it does something different and it's it's just an excellent movie It, it really is and it's kind of strange that i used to watch it when i was a kid and uh-huh. I was the one who got my parents to watch it. Where did you first Believe watch it? Was it a movie channel randomly on? Yeah, I want to say maybe it was... Um, I mean, you want to know how long ago this was? I think it might have been on TBS oh, when, okay. when they had the TBS Superstation. Right. Movies for guys who like movies, you know, and they had like the fire in the background and all that shit. Or like when they did that dinner in a movie and it was that dude and that chick... And they're cooking dinner while you're watching the movie. Slightly Do you remember, remember that? that? I kind of remember that, Like yeah. the commercial break was basically just them. That's probably why I love TBS so much. Mm-mm, maybe not as much anymore, but... Yeah, you know, no, like definitely back, not as much. Anyway, back but, then, they had variety. Yeah, they had it a was, lot It more. was variety. Like, there was a lot of different... stuff. And what's crazy is they still kind of 
have some of the same staples like Seinfeld mm-hmm. and stuff. Like that's where I first saw Seinfeld. We're getting off track though. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But yeah, no, Falling Down, that's why it gets compared. And when you watch, because I suggest you watch uh, the Critical Drinkers review which I will, I, you know, I think it's good to watch those after. Um, he's a YouTuber, and for those, for anyone that doesn't, yeah, know. an awesome YouTuber, yes. member of the Phantom Menace. I mean, I still, I still need to watch some of. I, I do actually like watching his videos after a mm-hmm. movie, like we did when we watched um, Jaws. No, it wasn't Jaws. I'm talking about the first one I saw. Ford versus Ferrari. Ford versus Ferrari, which was fun. That's a movie you should tell your friends to watch. Yeah, and probably. Do a podcast on that. Amber hates Matt Damon. Really? Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> she just hates him. But oh, you know, he's a puppy dog. Come on. Yeah, I know. Another thing we do, like when we're when we're post viewing, I, I kind of ask you questions. How is this a long movie? I feel like it's like a kind of short. I don't no, know it's why. it's a good two hours. Oh, okay. I don't maybe know like I maybe like... four minutes short of two hours exactly. Oh, okay, I was wondering, is it like a ninety minute movie where it's like short but it it's powerful? No, no, it's it's a good two hours. Okay. Uh. Yeah, that was something I was going to say. When I was a kid, the thing that made me laugh the hardest about the movie was you see him put in these, like, you know, stupid little everyday situations that we're in, mm-hmm. but he deals with it in the way we daydream about dealing with it. Right. But he actually deals with it the way, you know, we wish we could deal with it. Like, it's not... It's not in yeah, his head, like you think yeah, maybe it could yeah, be. Yeah, no, but... no, 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 nothing, none of this movie's like that. It's it's all really, high. it's not like the Joker where some of it's in his head, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, 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 no. It, it's all, he just snaps, like he right. just snaps. And it's, and oh, you'll like this, I forgot. It, it, it takes place over the course of just one day. Oh, I love All of it is like just that. in the same day. It's all just in one day. And that's it. And like what makes it special for Robert Duvall is it's his last day. On the force. Yes. I feel like I remember that. Yeah. It's his last day on the force and he's already, you know, yeah, he's packing it up and everything. Um, he deals with a lot of these like, you know, just shitty little situations we find ourselves in every day, just annoying little things. But he deals with it, you know, violently. Which I've seen. <laughs> I know the clip you always talk about. Which you clip? and your dad. No. I'm not going to. Which about, one? They're in a store and there's these two guys. <laughs> And the, and the N-word is all Yeah, he makes don't a homophobic here, slur. Please, please no. don't do the N-word. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> okay. You told me not to not to say... I, she told me, folks, not to be inappropriate. So I'm going to respect her wishes. I'm always cringing every time we're like around my parents. <laughs> What's he going to say? I don't even know what he's going to say. <laughs> and apparently you said things around, you know, my stepdad that I'm like, what the... F- Okay, well, anyway. And he laughs and enjoys it. Yeah, but then he probably thinks, weirdo. So, he laughs. That's my goal. He laughs. <laughs> I, I got to laugh. Okay, well, back to the movie. Um, okay, I'm worried he dies. I'm just going to say that. Don't answer it. I'm just, that's not a question. That's just something I'm worried about. And I think I kind of remember, he's on the phone in the beginning, and I'm like, hmm, his wife? She's mad? Or ex-wife? I don't know. So, is there something about a wife and a daughter? Yes, yes. That's who he's heading towards. Okay, that's what's that's what was intriguing when I was listening to the mm-hmm. movie, um, when you had it on, and it was only twenty minutes. It's it's weird. I always see this movie on Crackle all the uh, time. They hadn't ta- they haven't taken it off in the longest time. Maybe now they have. Yeah, I mean it's an older movie. It's not like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, like The Dark Knight or something, where you know people are scrambling to to grab it, or like Lord of the Rings or something. You right. know what I mean? It's not like a in demand uh, movie, but would you say it's, it's an indie? 
I don't think so. I mean, not with Michael Douglas in it. And yeah, Robert certainly not with not with them. No. And then you got Joel Schumacher on the. Because I think if you would try to argue that that's indie, you'd have to try and argue that like Phone Booth is indie, which is also uh, a Joel Schumacher, Joel Schumacher movie. movie. Yeah, but that know, movie was was, I mean, a little too successful to be an indie film. You right. Know what I mean, <laughs> well, you know what's wild is is all his um. You know what's crazy is all of Joel Schumacher's movies are like successful, but they're reviewed poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that that makes total sense. And man, I mean, he rest in peace. It it just goes to show you never put stock in these in these critics. I mean, just really never put stock in these critics. I remember my parents and I learned to stop listening to critics back in two thousand three, mm-hmm. when critics were shredding uh, the Last Samurai, right? And we and we didn't go to the theaters to see it because of that. See, that's about we me. actually didn't go see it because of that. And then my dad bought it. Uh, when it came out, he just randomly bought it at Walmart because we're huge Tom Cruise fans, and he was just like, hey, "That's his favorite movie of all time." He also has a soundtrack in his Porsche. Jeez, <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean it's Hans, it's the most was, beautiful cool. music ever. I mean Hans Zimmer. Uh, you know the speaking of soundtracks, the soundtrack in this movie, I don't know who did the the music, but it's just really daunting, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the movie, and it's really kind of creepy, like. You'll you'll hear like, like kind the of score or the songs. Yeah, no, the choose. score. Yeah, oh, okay. the score. Like you'll hear kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It's like that. It sounds like a creaking. I know it's like a violin or something like that. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of like what you hear a little bit in the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, like when the Joker's kind of music. They they and I know in the Dark Knight they made that they produced that sound by putting a uh, razor blade Ooh. to a uh, I think a cello chord oh wow and that's how they created that sound and that's just creepy but you hear a lot of that throughout falling down Mm -hmm. you know like falling down has a lot of parts where it's just kind of quiet you know and you just kind of see him like looking around or something and it's just kind of creepy you know because because it's just like this guy's going nuts so do you and your dad quote it because of the shit that said is fucked up is that why (laughs) yeah okay i mean it's 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 funny like it's messed up but it's it's funny because of how messed up it is like because the dude who's saying all this crazy shit is a is a freaking neo-nazi right yeah i mean he's he's not a good person you know but it's just funny because it's just like you're talking about the the character of the scene that i'm thinking of. yeah okay yeah yeah. okay i'm wondering if (laughs) i'm wondering if i am i gonna be cringing no. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Nah, I think you'll definitely like it. Michael Douglas, of course, is just phenomenal. Yeah, he is. In the movie, he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, let's get your dad and watch this movie. Yeah, I, my mom I'm... will probably watch it because we all, yeah. you know, spend years watching that movie. Yeah. Watching <laughs> movies with your parents is awesome, so I can't wait. <laughs> I kind of wish I was drinking watching this movie. Why? I don't know, because your parents were like, oh, we should get a drink and watch this movie, which it was nice to watch it with your parents. Um, <laughs> I was worried they were talking too much. Oh, no, not at all. No, 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 no. That doesn't bother me. I know you me. don't like that shit, and that's why well, I was like, uh... No, it doesn't bother me. No, not at all. Oh, okay, well, that's good. That's I good. I mean, it bothers me in a movie theater, but not like a oh, whole theater. Oh, okay, I see you. No, 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 yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, here's the thing. I always thought thought of this movie as... Funny because you and your dad are always quoting bullshit in this movie, <laughs> and it's like funny. And your dad laughs a lot of, at it, right? Yeah, but it's like really fucked up. Yeah, I mean it's a dark movie. It is, and you know when you're when you start it, it's kind of crazy. When you start it, it's like 
it starts kind of like, yeah, this guy's, you know, out, you know, out, out here frustrated with all the people with society. And he, and he's, it, it seemed like he was just a quiet guy who never spoke up. That's kind of the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. He never spoke up and that he was just finally getting angry and doing something about it, doing mm-hmm. stuff he never thought he would do. That's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. But then as the movie goes on, and I think that's kind of what the audience is supposed to think. Mm-hmm. But I think as as the movie's going along, you're seeing he is really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just so we we did bring up the critical drinker who's a fantastic YouTuber. If anyone wants to check it out, he reviews movies and he, ha- he recommends movies. He also shreds bad movies. <laughs> yes, and it's good and it's awesome. Shreds The Last Jedi, shreds Game of Thrones Season 8. Yeah. <laughs> yes. His his review was really good, and he put it in a very fantastic way. I'm really glad we. It's good to watch movies and then watch his review like kind of after. Yeah. Um. Just because he, you know, even though he's supposed to be drinking, well, uh, <laughs> you know, as he's reviewing this yeah. movie or whatever, it, he still had a really good. Like, I didn't get to write all of it down. I mean, I'm not going to take his notes and put it in the yeah, podcast. Of course, of course. But he had the perfect perspective of what I thought as that, you know, watching this movie. I knew kind of the plot, but I was like, is it going to get bad? Like, is it going to get to a point where there's a standoff? And that's exactly what happened. Oh, I thought you were going to say, is it going to get to the point where you turn on, on Michael Douglas's character on defense? Yes. Well, that was something, too. I was, you're rooting for him. Because you are rooting for him. You're rooting for him. And then you see him. I mean, even then when he when he can we say spoilers? Yes, actually, what I was going to do, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if, if any, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people who have never seen this movie. I know my friends have never seen this movie, but I mean, it's okay to, I do kind of give you, want you to give like a summary a little bit in case people don't know what it's about. You can, I mean, we're going to talk about the ending, you know, so oh, it's okay. okay. You I want mean, me to give a summary? Yeah, give a quick summary oh, to well, tell people just, that doesn't know what it's about. It, it's a, it's a movie about escalation for, for this main character. He goes through these like normal everyday things that we go through in life like the movie starts off with him in a just massive traffic jam it's sweltering hot outside it's the middle of summer um his air conditioner is broken i mean the traffic is just at a standstill and then he it's something just something about the situation he just snaps he just hops out of his car takes off tears up a uh a uh <laughs> he tears up a, a convenience store this uh korean guy's convenience store uh, because the guy was ch- overcharging in some of his goods, so he tears his store up, his store up and then buys a soda and leaves. Like he pays for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in his head, he's not he's not like an evil person, but he's just doing these like bad things, and it escalates. Like it starts off with that, and then these two gang member assholes um, try to rob him. He beats the hell out of him. They try to do a drive-by on him, shoot a bunch of people. Oh, that was people. shocking. I was yeah, just that seems straight crazy. Because these two dudes, they're like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just these, you know, gangster POSs. Teardrop uh, on the yeah, eye. Yeah, teardrop on the eye. One of them pulls a knife on him. He beats him down with a baseball bat. And uh, they decide they're just going to go kill this dude. And they do a drive-by, like in the middle of the day on a crowded street. And they completely miss him. They hit a, a woman at, with her baby in a carriage. They they hit her. And they hit man? a bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, and then they get into a car accident. And like, there's four dudes in the car, and three of them are killed. One of them is just all screwed up, hanging out of the car. 
and then defense walks up and and that's my this is my favorite part of the movie honestly because yeah, this is when the movie it's a really, really good scene i yeah, was gonna yeah, say it's man. one of my it's, favorite it's scenes it's a probably crazy scene because i was because shocked he doesn't even panic when they're shooting at him like he, he just oh, kind of yeah. stands there like i was it's, shocked it's i was like freaked out by yeah that. and all yeah. these people are screaming and running and then he walks up to the car and the dude is just like oh help me man or whatever he picks up the dude's uzi and shoots he hits the car and misses and he's just like oh first he walks up to him Mm -hmm. and he says you missed and then he picks up the uzi and he shoots it and hits the car and i missed too and then he's aiming right at the guy's face and the dude is begging him for his life you know of course this piece of shit who just tried to kill him hit a bunch of people killed other people Mm -hmm. don't don't do it man don't do it and then he just shoots him in the leg and then you see that's the concept Grabs all the guns, puts them in a duffel bag, and then walk before he walks away. Though, takes some shooting lessons, asshole, and just oh, walks yeah. away. Yeah. Like, oh, shoots him in the leg. Oh, yeah. Oh man, it was such a just. That's one of the. I mean, that's my favorite scene of the whole movie. I was gonna bring that scene up because, like, kind of before we do talk about favorite scenes, favorite characters, favorite quotes, and like that was one because my jaw was just dropped. Yeah, I was so shocked. It's a crazy scene. Like you but, don't see that. Yeah. Like whoa. Like it just like. The, and again, escalation, like it just mm-hmm. escalates and escalates and you see him getting more and more violent Yes, as it progresses, you know, like you, you which you're afraid of. Yeah. And I it, was, I yeah. was like, oh no, when he gets to a point where he, you know, he kills someone and he's, I mean, the guy was an asshole, the guy he actually murdered, but he was starting to get messed up. Yeah, like, it, it, it becomes, was, it becomes a question of, you know, yeah, sure. There's assholes out there who, you know, you wish you could off them, I guess, but I mean, it's like. Like, are we really going to start killing people for being assholes? Like, you know, that's that's not something, obviously, any any decent person's down with. And that's when the movie turns is when he when he kills somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whoa. And then he basically kills another person. And it's just like, yeah, this isn't this isn't good. Yeah. And, I was already like, man, this this is a bummer because, you know, um, first of all, I'm just going to go, you know, go on and on about. Michael Douglas's performance in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch a lot of his movies. I just mm-hmm. realized, you know, I don't oh, really, really. I don't. And and there's not a, like a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, you know, I would see an American president on my mom would watch this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's nice, you know, mm. sexy. But, you know, this movie is just like making me think of him as a whole, you know, I mean, he is a fantastic actor that I already know. You know, because of who he is, who his dad is. Yes. But, you know, it's just, it's just not, he wasn't in movies I saw. And I'm, and I know you've been, you know, telling me to see this movie forever. There's actually a really good movie he came out in. Uh, I believe it was in 94. It was when Jurassic Park came out. It was, it's called uh, Disclosure with Demi Moore. Jimmy Fallon has like a little small part in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's actually a really good movie. It's, it's more of just like a drama. It's not like an action movie or anything. Yeah. It's a drama. It's uh, based on a book by Michael Crichton. Oh, wow. It was actually one of the books that gave him, um, I guess it was a Guinness World Record or something. He had the uh, he had the number one television show, number one movie, and number one book all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the number one show on television that he created and wrote was ER. That's insane. The, the number one movie... In theaters at the time was Disclosure, and then I think the number one book, I can't remember. You know what? I might be messed up. I think maybe the number one movie was Jurassic Park, and the book was Disclosure. 
it was either that or it was the movie disclosure and it was the book Jurassic Park. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the other. Right. But either way, he had all three. Which is crazy. <laughs> Which is insane. That guy in the nineties <laughs> was probably his peak. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, especially and he probably would have still been doing stuff if he, if he didn't. Pass I know. Away. I mean, I'm shocked that he wrote Twister. Yeah, That's he wrote that, and it's not even based on a book. But yeah. what's funny is if 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 you read books, some of his books, you can so tell. I mean, you can. It's so obvious because he loves to do what the Melissa character is in that movie, where she's basically the audience. The, yes, you know, mm-hmm. he does that in, in a lot of his books. Kind of like character... uh, Brody on the boat and Jaws. Yes, not yes. somebody who doesn't like me on the ocean. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get into a tangent. We're talking about. No, I know uh, we're now me, we're, talking about... we're talking about falling down, starring Michael Douglas. Yes. And... Let's Robert go. Duvall, you know what? Okay, so I, I know. Schumacher. Yeah, we probably should have covered that. <laughs> it's a Joel Schumacher movie. Well, we covered that in the. You know, yes, in the, we did. In the prologue. We did. It's just I just want to give him so much praise yeah. because you know he recently passed away. This has been a crazy year. Yeah. And um, you know his passing was was really sad. I mean, because I grew up with a lot of his movies unknowingly. Mm-hmm. You know, even fan of the opera. This guy's like. <laughs> yeah. he, this guy's done yeah. movies that are shocking. Mm-hmm. They're all different genres. Yeah. You know, so Falling Down, he did this. Um, we are going to be doing Santa Elmo's Fire. We discussed this um, with my hey. friends because some of my friends haven't seen that movie. Y'all should do Phone Booth. Yes, Phone Booth is a really fantastic movie. It gave me Phone Booth vibes, this movie. Like um, I told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just basically talking about, again, society mm-hmm. and what's right from wrong and, you know, what... You, it, it's a character piece. Character piece, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so I'm going to call this segment, before we go, we dive into more scenes. Basically, we just discussed summary. He's kind of just going, and that's, and it's a perfect title. I love that your mom was like, I didn't even realize that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah I think it was. Uh, I thought she meant the dichotomy between um, Robert Duvall's character and his character. I thought she meant. It works I thought for she both, actually. That she never, that she didn't see, you know, the. I don't know if you could say the duality between the two of them. I think you can, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that's what she meant, but she she didn't realize it was falling. It was called falling down. I mean, because of his character, but also because of the song that's London pre- Bridge is yeah, falling that's down throughout the throughout the film, which is cool. Yeah, um, I like movies. You know, going back to mm-hmm. you know the title and then in a subtle way, the title not, having meaning, like having an actual yes, meaning. but not yeah. like saying it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes it works. Sometimes what if this is as good as it gets? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he said it. He said it. <laughs> that's a good movie, though. <laughs> yeah, I that's know. That's an awesome movie. No, okay, so um, before we go into scenes, just real quick, I was looking up. I did a couple, a little bit of research on it. Um, we're going to call this segment Alex's IMDb Facts, even though she's not here with us today. <laughs> I do dedicate it to, to her. She does so much good research um, on the podcast. So some, I'm just going to read a couple quick things that I found very fascinating. Michael Douglas considers this his favorite performance of all the movies he's ever been in. Really? <laughs> Isn't that just fucking cool? That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, and and like one of the one of the best scripts he's written, which I want to talk about the the screenwriter cuz I looked him up. He's only written like three things. And the other thing he wrote was like this weird movie that just has a 2.8 rating <laughs> on IMDb that came out a year later. And I'm like, mm, that's sad." He he came out in a lot of stuff in the 70s, 80s, came out in Turner and Hooch. That's one that popped up. Mm-hmm. I don't know as who. He did come out in Portlandia, which is a show he did with um, uh, Fred Armisen, uh, which was a, is a fantastic show. I, I yeah, saw I've that. heard of that show, but I've never seen it's it. It's really funny. It parodies a lot of uh, Portland stuff, Portland, Oregon stuff. But so he came out in that. I'm like, wow, this guy wrote this movie. And it's just, it's a masterpiece. I mean, like this movie is very well written. Yeah. 
the the character development, you know, just you're seeing the rise and fall of this guy. And then, you know, even I think I was more intrigued by like Robert Duvall's character as well. Yeah. Like because you're seeing his last day on the force and you see the treatment he gets and it's so shitty. Yeah. Because he is such a good guy and he is such a good cop. Yeah. Like he's, such he's a really good, smart. He's he, very he smart. Caught all of the little things that that strung. Like uh, he listens to people. Yeah. You know, like he and he knows how to talk to people. Yeah. You know, my mom, when she was bringing up uh, defense's mom, you know, and he was, you know, working her pretty good. And my mom said, um, like, oh, well, he knows how to handle crazy women. I know. His wife is crazy. <laughs> I that was Honestly, funny. I didn't get that idea. I, uh, I, what I got was he knows how to handle people. Yes. That's what I got. He knows as how well. to handle people. Mm-hmm. Not not so much. I mean, obviously, it makes sense. He has a crazy wife, so he's going to know how to handle a crazy woman. I know, but, exactly. Uh, I think it was more that he knew how to handle people. And again, it goes to the duality of a defense because he knew how to talk to people as well. Mm-hmm. He was really kind. You know what I mean? Just like when he walks into the whammy burger before he, you know, shoots the ceiling up demanding breakfast. He was just a really nice, respectful person. He's like, hello, ma'am. Can I please have, you know, I know, you know, wham- I vibes that with she wasn't that. scared of him. Is that, is that is that weird? When she was I felt like she was like, oh, hi, you know, whatever. Like she was oh, she wasn't afraid. She didn't look afraid, at least. You mean before he pulled a gun? No. Well, like maybe even after that, as he, as he started to get more scarier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like she wasn't really freaked out. She was like, oh, whatever. Even with the gun. I'm yeah, like, yeah. She didn't seem freaked out, which I read on here that that's like Michelle Pfeiffer's younger sister. <laughs> well, she was the woman in uh, Miss Congeniality. She was her friend. Her friend? Are the you one sure? that won Miss Rhode Island. No, I don't think that's her. Yeah, I think that's her. I always thought that was her. It looks like her. No, it says... Well, I don't know. It says it's played by Michelle Pfeiffer's younger sister, Dee Dee. And she appeared in the February 2002 issue of Playboy. Because it's important to note. Ooh, I'm going to look that That's up. very important Let's to note. Let's look that up right now. Yeah, and in the, here in the facts, they go on about the whole London Bridge song. is kind of played throughout the film, and mm-hmm. um, which I thought is a little neat thing. Joel Schumacher envisioned his friend Michael Douglas in the lead role. However, Douglas oh, planned Oh, they were it. friends. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, however, he planned to take a break from acting as he had just done two films back to back and desired to spend some time with his family. Douglas agreed to read the script after Schumacher's urging and declared it one of the best he had ever read, taking the role immediately. The presence of such popular actor as the lead allowed the film to get a much higher budget. Um, Douglas believed the film to be important, agreed to take a much lower salary so the film could have could also have more uh, money to be made which is insane <laughs> which I, I think that was that's really what stuck out here in the imdb facts is how how um how much faith he had in that in movie. that in the movie because it's a it's a fantastic story quick thing who is the woman that came out that you know you and your dad were excited because you know she's walked into your dad's cleaners oh that's kimberly scott kimberly scott is yeah she she graduated from a&m mm-hmm. here in kingsville uh her first movie was um a movie i love the abyss right from by uh, james cameron ed harris is in that uh i forgot the woman's it's name a, it's an ugly movie from what i've seen like it's not I an have, ugly movie well it's like scary right because like it's well in the i ocean. guess it's kind of scary because they're like i mean they're so deep underwater it's like an under it's an underwater oil rig right and it's so deep that they have to basically go through a week-long decompression mm-hmm. just to get back to the surface or else um it's something to do with the pressure on your body you could die right so you have to slowly basically be taken up like level by level Mm -hmm. or you could die 
and and they're being paid you know an astounding amount of money to go down there and do that and then they start they start encountering uh aliens well that's what makes it freaky yeah. but anyway so it's she's a, in it's this an movie. Awesome movie. But yeah, Kimberly Scott, she's in this She's in a lot of Joel Schumacher she movies. She is, though. which I was she like, She was that's in both crazy. Batman movies uh-huh. that he made. She yes. played in Batman Forever. She was Wayne's uh, secretary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she was one of the scientists with um, the the guy at the beginning of the movie with the uh, the Korean the Korean man. Oh, I don't know his the name. Mr. Lee, but in the, in the movies, Mr. Lee, he's right. He's in a lot of Joel Schumacher movies oh, also. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. He's in, and he's in Batman Forever. He's the one that's interviewing jim carrey after that guy kills himself after carrie kills that guy oh yeah yeah and he's crying and and it's that it's that actor just let it out you know he gives him a <laughs> tissue and then he's next to kimberly scott they're scientists at the end of batman and robin and mm-hmm. freeze freezes them um she's a really nice person i mean you would you would not know that she was a, a tony nominated actress and came out in all these movies and stuff right uh i'm pretty sure she came out in other joel schumacher movies i just can't think of them right i haven't seen all of his movies but but uh yeah she's really that was really cool that was really mm-hmm. cool meeting meeting an actress like her but yeah yeah so it's, it's just cool to talk about because she's from where we live which yeah. is kingsville texas <laughs> yeah. so it's really neat and that's oh, you so should cool. watch the abyss on on here with your friend yeah i should it sounds scary but another thing the body count is six in this movie Oh, six people die? Six people die. Oh, well, the four assholes. Or the three the of the three assholes. The three in the car. And then who else? May- uh, so maybe the... The, the golf course guy, the Nazi, and then defends himself? Maybe himself. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I always thought it was fascinating that he was, like, taking weapons after every encounter. Yeah. And they yeah. gradually got more lethal. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So yeah. you... I and mean, this is something I picked up on. And yes, exactly. He does use them all. He, the bat, <laughs> you got the, the crazy knife, the butterfly knife, right? Yeah. And then, you know, it's insane how... It, and then he has the machine gun, and then he has all those guns. Then he gets a, a rocket launcher, which I have to say, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, favorite scenes? Uh, one that really stuck out, of course, is the, the, the shooting, because it was so shocking. Um, I know the whammy... Is the whammy burger? Yeah, the whammy burger. That's a very famous scene when you when you, when this movie's discussed. Because everyone gets angry when breakfast is over. Yeah, of course. <laughs> everyone gets angry at every situation. Exactly. That he's presented. That's why I told you the la- uh, when we when we did the prologue, he gets into these everyday situations and he deals with them the way you know we daydream dealing with them. Except right. he deals with them the way we daydream. <laughs> you yeah, know? like, and it's just like, oh, holy shit! <laughs> he really just did that, you know? Yeah. Like even something as simple as when he's on in the phone booth and he gets out and this asshole, you know, is oh, I know. out there like, hey, asshole, there's some of us out here who also want to use the phone, you know, this and that. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he just pulls out an Uzi and just lights the phone booth up. I think it's out of order. and <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> like it didn't even just it didn't even phase him. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far gone he was at that point. It just didn't even phase him. Here's something interesting, you know, just kind of going back. Like when you're looking at Robert Duvall, because... I mean, I would say, I mean, I think Michael Douglas is the lead, you know, but then you have Robert Duvall, secondary actor. But, you know, you look at what he does and what he deals with and he doesn't act on it. You know, it's like you're looking on two different sides. One Mm -hmm. who is acting on it, the other who is not, you know, being like with his with his asshole co-workers and then, you know, um, his freaking crazy ass wife. um, God bless him for being with her, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and then his boss, you know, and then just all this bullshit, even, even all his other coworkers, you know, like, um, even like Kimberly Scott's character, 
and the the other cop Sanchez like Sanchez was kind of like talking shit to him like yeah. not not really trying to think dude this is nothing like this mm-hmm. don't even like worry about it whatever yeah. it's your last day why do you care yeah you know but he eventually does act on it yes he eventually and- does act on those impulses but he's able to channel them more or less into a positive way right well i don't even know if you can actually say that because i mean he punches out that asshole coat one of his fellow cops you know he insults his wife and he just fucking punches him out like he doesn't even like he was just kind of smiling at him almost like he couldn't believe he said it yes you know and then just he just made that decision like in a split second and Mm -hmm. and, and if you rewatch that part you can see i forgot her name but his partner the the woman detective right you see her just kind of like with her head down Kind of like, oh, this dude just fucked up. And then Duvall just knocks his shit. Exactly. <laughs> and then he tells his his boss to go fuck himself twice on live TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he yells at his wife, finally tells her to shut up. Yeah. So he, like, what's crazy is the thing about it is he does, he does eventually act on it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's not crazy. I guess maybe it's like a, uh, uh, I don't know how you would, how you would characterize that. Because, you know, Douglas is acting on it the whole time, and he is basically taking the hard route right. and just and just keeping his head down, keeping his head down until eventually it's like, no, nah, I can't keep my head down. Yeah. And then it works out for him. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's just it's just weird how that works. Because they're both because it's like they're both on the same trajectory, but they're both, um, you know, more or less they're kind of the same guy. I mean, even look how Robert Duvall is dressed at the beginning of the movie. He's mm-hmm. in a short sleeve button up shirt and tie. Yeah, exactly. Just like yeah. just like defense. Uh-huh. And it's like the that little gang member chick, you know, oh she he looked like you. <laughs> yeah. Except he had hair and glasses. You know? Like yeah. that like that was the only difference. And and, it, and it's interesting because because all that shit is purposeful. You know that that's purpose- oh, purposeful. Oh definitely. You know what I mean? It's it's to stress kind of how they're the same guy. Kind of like heat. You know, I thought like of heat, heat watching it. You know, actually. Al Pacino and, and Robert De Niro on opposite ends mm-hmm. of the of the law. But they're both the same guy, almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're all, like they're just about the same guy, and it, and it's it's just I, even I love the that love for the stuff. daughter, you know, because yeah. he, you know, Robert Duvall a lot, and his wife lost their child. Mm-hmm. All this one, you know, um, Michael Douglas, you know, lost his child because you know yeah. divorce and or you know, it it was bad. It it was ugh, it was so hard to watch that yeah. whole movie. God, very cringy. Yeah. Because you can see, like, he's so, like, okay, drop it. Like, she doesn't want to get on the horse. Like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it was hard to watch. Well, it's sad how that starts because it starts off, like, real lovely. Yeah, I know. You know, and it's like, oh, cool. It's, his, it's her birthday. You know, they're real happy. And then you even see his face melt. Kind of like oh, him. Oh, yes, you do. Kind of like him realizing. Yeah. And it's kind of making, yeah. do you think it's making him mad? I feel like it is. Well, it was probably making him mad, but I, I guess it's kind of up for debate why it was making him mad. Like maybe mm-hmm. mad at himself or maybe mad at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I really don't know. I mean, when he saw his daughter, he was genuinely happy. I thought it was, I was surprised when she was, you know, I guess we can, I mean, I don't want to dive too much in the ending yet, but I was surprised just how excited she was to see him. Well, I mean, she's, she, look how young she was. I she know. didn't, she, she was didn't so understand cute. what was going on. Yeah. You know, poor thing. I was looking up the character we're talking about, which was his ex-partner. Well, you know, they used to be partners, but her name was is Sandra. Sandra. Sandra, right. And so, um, when, uh, are those two cats? It's one cat out there meowing. They're doing it. Oh my Ooh. God, it's so loud. Yeah, it's loud. That's why I'm like, what the hell is that? 
It doesn't look like it's picking it up. No, okay. it's not picking it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> There's a cat uh, out there getting busy. Yeah, it's loud. Yeah, okay. it's really loud. <laughs> well, okay. So, speaking of getting busy, I thought it was kind of fascinating that when we're watching the movie, and I don't, and I think if I, wa- I didn't watch it like with your dad around or like your mom, I think it would I would have had a different perspective of the of of you know Robert Duvall's character who is a uh, Pendergast, right? Pendergast. And um. I think I would have gotten their relationship confused because your dad was kind of giving vibes that it was a romantic thing. And your mom was oh. like, ooh, daddy issues, right? I'm like, oh, okay. Then I was like, oh, he's married? So I was <laughs> like, oh, so is it not a loving marriage? Obviously, it doesn't seem like it. But yeah. then you see how much he cares about her. Yeah. Despite but it's her being so nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad, but she doesn't give it back to him. Like, that lady needs help. Like, yeah, lady, if you want to save your marriage, because... I know, like, what you guys went through, losing a child to SIDS is an awful thing, which is actually very rare to lose a child to SIDS at, at, you know, two years, 18 months. That's actually the ending point. They do kind of give it that range, but that never really happens. Oh, for sudden infant death syndrome? Yes. Um, Which is extremely um, sad, you know, because it's kind of weird that we're doing this podcast today because, and you know, the whole SIDS thing came up because my aunt had a child who would have been 15 today. Oh that. really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it's, so it's it's very common, and so hearing that was really sad. And then, like, even you know, when they had the picture in the drawer, which was so fucked up, I'm like, do they even know this man really well? I guess he doesn't share his per. Even the even his boss didn't even like. Oh, like how are the kids? Like, dude, I mean, yeah. no, is no one aware that he actually lost a child? Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't bring it up. Yeah, I, he probably doesn't like talking about it. Honestly, right. I mean, I mean, if it happened. I can't remember if he said how long ago it happened, but I mean, considering his age, it had to have happened a while back, and it still bothers. And him. it still bothers him. Yeah, oh, of course. Really I mean, him. it's it. I mean, ha- it, I think it will have an effect for the rest mm-hmm. of your life because you'll always wonder. It kind of seemed like there was a romantic vibe, and yeah, I feel she like was I wouldn't. His his partner Sandra, yeah, she was definitely into him. I feel like I wouldn't have noticed that uh, if if your parents didn't say it. Well, you got to understand, we've been watching this movie. For 10 plus years at this point. Right. <laughs> so, I mean. Well, uh, I'm, like, I'm glad they got to like, I'm glad they were like into watching it again. Oh, you yeah. Know? Because, the, again, it's like a family movie for us. I know, which is a str- really strange family <laughs> We movie. have a lot of weird family but movies. Y'all, yeah, y'all do. But, you know, it's it's a really good, it's a really good movie. Hmm. Yeah, but no, that was interesting. I, I always thought, and it kind of makes you think, like, would he have wanted to, I mean, he. I feel like he had the same feelings back towards her. He really did care about her. Yeah. But I didn't really get like romantic vibes back from him because he's like, no, I do love her when he told her that. Like, no, I'm because I love my wife. Yeah. Made him such a good guy, even though she's nuts. She really is nuts. So that was just something interesting that I picked up. And I, and I was kind of thinking throughout the movie, what have I picked up, picked up on that if I wasn't watching it with your parents? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they were kind of teasing about how yeah. bitchy the wife is. And I don't blame them. She was fucking annoying. <laughs> um, but let's see. Going uh, Favorite quotes I do want to talk about. What are some of yours that are appropriate to say? There's a lot of slurs in this movie. <laughs> that is actually in the quotes on IMDb. Oh, really? <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he makes a... I feel well, so not bad. him. The, like, the Nazi dude. The neo-Nazi dude. He really... Yeah, uh, I mean... He says a lot of, you know distasteful things to these two homosexuals in his Which I felt army so bad surplus for. yeah i mean it's mess i mean it they were supposed to be i mean his character is supposed to be you know a piece of shit obviously right you know what i mean and i guess the best way to illustrate that is to see how he treats these two 
you know, gay dudes, mm -hmm. you know, shopping in his store. Like they were there to give him money. I know. And he didn't care. Like he just oh, didn't yeah, care. No, and he says some really messed up things. I know. It's funny, but it's funny because it's. I I find it funny because it's so messed up. I know. But I mean, you know, my favorite line in the movie is without a doubt, "Take some shooting lessons, asshole," and he just walks away. Right. Like, that's my favorite line in the movie. Some of okay, I don't know. I wanted you to help me because I didn't get to write all this down. You know, we were eating some really good food and chilling, <laughs> yeah. and it was a, it was a casual viewing. Lately, since I've been viewing the movies, I'm kind of taking notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of parts I liked and, and quotes. I, I always, it's hard for me to pick up and get the exact thing. But something I liked was what he tells the, the, the fucking Nazi guy in upstairs. He's like, you're a sick asshole. I'm just an American. Yeah. Like, I, I fucking Yeah, because he tells him, you're just like me. No, I'm an American citizen. You're a crazy asshole. There it is. Yes. I actually really love that line. It was kind of wild when, you know, when Sandra walks in and they're looking for him. Yeah. And he, he protects hides him. him. Yeah. I was like, whoa. The Nazi hides defense. Yes, he does. Because they already have a description on what he looks like because they've, they've already had all these encounters. And the Nazi has been listening to the uh, police radio. He has a scanner. And he's just sitting, like, he's just sitting there, I guess, just listening on the scanner Most throughout people the day. Do. Yeah. And, uh, when he heard, when he hears the uh, description of the perpetrator who shot up the uh, whammy burger, he immediately looks up and sees Defense standing there, and he just his eyes widen and he knows that it's him. And he's mm -hmm. the perfect description. And then that's when he walks up to him and starts helping him in the store and tells those gay dudes what he tells those gay dudes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess early nineties. You know, I got that vibe because like some man had a sign i mean this movie really reflected on how on the really bad areas of la yeah um and the heat doesn't help you know people are just everyone's tired. irritable everyone's pissed exactly. off everyone's just angry and it's really and it's it's brilliant actually mm -hmm. just to give you this vibe of the movie the physical feeling of the of how everyone's feeling in the movie yeah. and it's kind of sad how at the, at the end he's like you know wasn't it really hot today yeah oh i know yeah that but it was also he's like um like i'm sick like look at the fucking world yeah like you know and even robert duvall like i love how he just whenever he was there at the end of the pier with you know his ex-wife and the daughter and he's like this whole world is sick or something like that but um you know robert duvall goes on about how everything is really just disgusting. Yeah, what does he say exactly he says something oh the wife tells him you need help. You're right. sick. And he tells her, you want to know what's sick? Why don't you walk? Why don't you just walk through the city? You'll see what what's really sick. Exactly. That's that quote here. that did stand out to yeah. me because throughout the film, yeah, you're seeing a lot of assholes. You're seeing a lot of mean mm. people. And he's confronting all this shit because it's, it, you know, because it's so shitty. And, you know, he's he's not wrong in these situations. Mm. And it's and not, not to take more, not to take a whole lot from the critical drinker but he said something that i didn't really consider like the multiple ways you can look at defense you can look at him as just this crazy person you know this guy who just went nuts went ballistic yeah or um you could see him as this you know he was this normal everyday guy and he's living in this just absolutely horrendous world where everything is just awful all these people are just awful mm -hmm. And he just finally had enough. And then you find out, you know, like he hadn't been working. He lost his job, yeah, which was month, actually a really a month prior, which is like a really like I don't know, but as prestigious is the right word, but it's a very important job in our country. 
Yeah, know? he was a defense. Uh, he worked for. I don't think they they don't ever really say. He just says that he was building missiles. Right. For for our our country, basically, he was like an engineer, mm-hmm. and he lost his job. And it's like, whoa, man! Like, what <laughs> stuff? Like how like how does that happen to a freaking engineer? I don't mean to like go back and forth, but you know no, this, go this, back and forth. this is what we do. Like just in favorite things, going back to scenes. I was gonna bring up the the grenade launcher when he when that little boy is teaching <laughs> him how to use that shit, yeah. and he's over here thinking he's shooting a movie. Like <laughs> wow, that was insane. I mean, yeah. it's L.A. You know, yeah. I'm sure these people are used to that kind of mm-hmm. shit by now. But it, I thought that was hilarious. Like it kind of <laughs> it kind of brought that tone back, even though that's when he's already kind of spiraling out of control mm-hmm. a little bit with it, with the violence. Um, I always thought that that was kind of clever. I don't think anyone died there because he no, shoots he it under the up, sewer. Yeah, he just blew up that that the truck uh, and like the yeah, it was like a trailer, I think, like an eighteen yeah. wheeler or something. You know, honestly, my favorite chunk of the movie is the first half. Oh yeah, I can see that. That's my favorite chunk of the movie because mm-hmm. after that, because you know, it's kind of fun watching him do all this, you know. <laughs> crazy shit i know and then when he because um, he's not harming anyone yeah but, yeah but he i is... mean he, he's harming assholes yeah that you're glad he's harming like yeah. when he shoots that asshole gangster after the drive-by you're just like hell yeah mm-hmm. you know and then he deals with that idiot guy begging him for money it, oh god i know because <laughs> i need to eat <laughs> yeah i haven't eaten in weeks he's over here holding a burger yeah and then he throws the apple at him out of his briefcase <laughs> um but, like, you know, the movie really does shift when he kills the uh, Nazi. Yes, it does. Then it's like, whoa. Like he and again, with the, with the you know, like, he's gaining weapons, like, Aaron, it's on video game. Mm-hmm. He's getting, you know, he's got the rocket launcher now. And, um, and people mean, are just dismissing it all. Yeah, I think my all feeling... All the cops were dismissing it except Robert Duvall, except Prentagast. Exactly. And nobody was listening to him. He was putting it all together and seeing it all. I thought it would have been an insane move. If uh, he was putting it all together and nobody listened, nobody listened, and then he just like nobody did anything about it. Yeah, it was perfect how it how it moved, how it ended. Now you understand why it gets compared to Joker, or why yes. Joker gets compared to it. Right, because Joker does a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he starts off as this you know everyday guy. He's not normal, but he's just you know this everyday guy. Nobody cares about him. Nobody worries about him. Mm-hmm. And then. His acts of violence start to escalate until he kills those three dudes. Yeah. And he doesn't even, it doesn't phase him. Just like defense, it didn't, it didn't really phase him. You know, it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, I did. And then it just gets worse and worse. I and mean, you're kind of, you're kind of rooting for Arthur throughout, throughout Joker. Yes. That was, that was his name or his fake name. Yeah. Right? Well, that was his movie. You're kind of yeah, rooting like... for him, but then it gets to a point where you're not rooting for him anymore. You're just kind of like. Yeah, this isn't this isn't good, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes irredeemable, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like what happens with. Which I was like, I already had a feeling that he was gonna die. Okay, that Michael Douglas's character was gonna die, and then part of me was like, I kind of hope he doesn't. I kind of hope let's see what happens. But then as you're watching the movie, once it gets to the golf course stuff, it's bad. Exactly. Like you see, like you see this whole other change in 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 his character, and right? it's really heartbreaking, especially when he has the little girl, like. He's like bitching about them having barbed wire, and it's like, well, it's for their protection, and it's like from guys from like, like you, <laughs> exactly. You're just coming in, and they're just like having trying to have a good time, and then that that was really scary, you know. So much respect for that dad who's like really, 
yeah. taking he took control of the situation versus mm-hmm. other people who were fucking terrified in any situation yeah. with him. But, he became the bad guy. It was like his line at the end of the movie which where kind he's of, just like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm the bad guy? And, you know, Duvall is just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? You know, and that's, he didn't realize it until right then. I think that's my favorite line, actually. Oh, I'm the bad um, guy? Yeah, because that's when that you, happen? that's kind of when you see the whole premise mm-hmm. of the movie. I guess, I'm wondering. And you see his realization. Yes, and it's kind of sad. Do you think that's when he, so like, what do you think would it, and you know, I know how you brought up if Robert Duvall didn't care and whatever went on with his retirement last day of work and mm-hmm. moved on with his life. Um, which I was happy to hear that he was still going to be a cop because he obviously needed to be there. Yeah. Because he was, he's he's a very good detective, <laughs> and it, you know, without him, what would the force be? But no, go like if he wasn't there, was he going to like shoot the wife and kid and then kill himself? Is that do you think it would have been a see, situation I don't like think that? So I, I really don't think so. I think he, because that was what Duvall assumed, but I really don't think so. I really don't. I, I I don't know, man. I not that I'm trying to make paint him in a better light or anything like that, but I seriously don't think that that was what his plan was. I really think I he really might don't have, know if we knew. Like, if we knew, yeah. We I mean, we really don't know. In the end, we don't know. But we, mm-hmm. I I just don't think that that was going to be what happened. Like when, like I, you kind of get an idea, I guess, of what he wanted. He wanted to. He wanted him and his family to be together and just everything go back to normal when he's talking to that other family at the pool Mm -hmm. towards the end of the movie and he's telling them you know like it's my daughter's birthday i wanted to you know do this and that have a barbecue like what y'all yeah have a party and then we'd all go we'd all go to bed at night together and just sleep together and everything will be normal and fine i really think that's just all he wanted but i mean whether that's a metaphor for he was just going to off them all and go to sleep together. You know, I'm moving my finger. That's, you know, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, quotes. But yeah, in quotes. But I don't I don't think so. I think, honestly, he was probably just going to kill himself. Because he already. I think so, too. Because he, he immediately, when Duvall had him at gunpoint, he told him, like, oh, I have my daughter. I have an insurance policy and my daughter will get it all. Yeah. You know? And I think that was kind of the I think plan. He, I, I really think he was just saying goodbye to them. Do you think I that. I really think that was why he wanted to go home to them i think he wanted to say goodbye to them and i think he was gonna fucking off himself maybe that's why he was kind of like doing all this crazy shit yeah because he just it was over for it was him. over i think he was over for him yeah I think he he made the decision this is my last day i'm gonna say goodbye to my wife and kid oh, and mm-hmm. i'm gone i wonder you know because going back to like when you know pendergast robert duvall's character goes to his mother's house and you're kind of learning more about uh about bill yeah. and you're like uh which, bill who is um you know Michael Douglas's character. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> Defense, yeah. When you realize, like, he's, like, when she was, it was kind of scary when he's, yeah. when she says, like, when he's sitting at the table with me, he's like a machine. You know, like, he just doesn't talk and I'm just scared of him. He and blames I, me for his divorce. Yeah. That was, yeah. it's sad. The situation. You look yeah. at his room and it's fucking neat and perfect and tidy. And I was like, hmm. You know, thinking about it, I was like, I wonder if he just left it like that because he knew he was going to die. And oh. um and I and I feel like the month he had that she thought he was working this whole time, turns out he was fired. She didn't know. I feel like he was pl- plotting this, maybe getting everything situated. I don't think he was plotting it honestly, because I mean he just snapped in the middle of traffic. Right. Well, I mean, guess. Uh, so yeah, that, true. that's the one thing that throws a wrench into that theory. Right. Is that if it was planned, he wouldn't have. Where was he going though? 
Who was on the way to that the house? The thing. Maybe. Onto the uh, to the to the you birthday know, party. I don't know. I, I you know I honestly I thought he was going to work, and I think that's maybe what you assumed. Yeah, too. I think that's what you assume. But I mean, also, you know, where was he going that whole month? He was going somewhere. He was doing something. Yeah. And he wasn't going home. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't going to see his wife or his kid. Yeah. So he, I don't know what he was doing. And I look guess, at his briefcase. Mm-hmm. His briefcase, all it had. It had it, lunch that his mom know, made him. Like, what's funny is he wouldn't give his briefcase to those two assholes, mm-hmm. the two gang members. That's what they wanted. Give us your motherfucking briefcase. And he wouldn't, yeah. he would not give it to them. And then later on, you find out all that's in the briefcase is a baggie of carrots and apple and a freaking a sandwich. sandwich. And that's yeah, exactly. It. And <laughs> it was just the principle of the matter. It was just like, no, I'm not giving you that my stuff. probably should have been stuff. a first clue that, you know, he wasn't working anymore. <laughs> But you yeah, don't you don't think yes, about it, and, and there's a lot of little things in there. But um, no, I think it was just that day he just snapped. Mm-hmm. Everything it was just too much. It was just way too much. A fly was bugging him. The air conditioner was was off. It was broken or something. These idiot kids are yelling and screaming. People are yelling and screaming. People are honking the horns. He's the traffic isn't moving, and he just snapped. Yeah, speaking of that, I do want to talk just a, briefly about how like well this film this film was made. The cinematography is great. Everything, you know, even the score is, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, exactly. It really builds that in, like intense anxiety that he's feeling while sitting in traffic and any situation he's in. I also love the shot because he's whole. He has a hole in his shoe and he's looking at the city <laughs> through it. You know, and it's just these these genius like angles and viewings. Again, I'm just gonna bring up the cinematography. It really brought. The struggle, the the irritability that you mentioned about Los Angeles in that heat wave, I think it was just fantastic. When he's and, looking through his shoe, mm-hmm. I think he's looking uh, in the direction of where his wife is living. Oh, good kid. point. I think he was looking towards Venice. Right. The city was behind him. The buildings uh-huh. were behind him. Oh, and I mean, I don't know. No, where she was in. She was in Venice. Stuff is, but Venice is on the near the uh, coast. You're right. So I'm assuming. That it's away from the was, city. That exactly. That was where he yeah. was looking mm-hmm. when he was looking through. Because I think I overheard like, well, if he's in Pasadena and Venice, it does obviously doesn't take all day to t- to get here. When the yeah. cop was telling her that, but they didn't know he was on foot. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why they just kept coming and going. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh, if he was on his way here, he would have been here by now. Exactly. Which was so sad to see the cops were like not seeing it as a threat because they didn't really understand he wasn't an abusive husband. Yeah, exactly. You and, know, and that was kind of, and that's. I can't really blame them at that right. point because it's like, well, did he hit you? No. Well, uh-huh. did he hit the kid? No. But he he would get angry, and I felt like he was going to do that. And it's just like, well, that's not the same thing as him actually hitting you. Was he on drugs? No. Was yeah. He a drinker? No. Which <laughs> makes you wonder, like, does he have what... a history of violence? Yeah. No. <laughs> and it's Which just kind like, of kept well, that thing. Shit, like, you know? he's like, not a bad guy. Maybe you think he's do? not bad. Yeah, and and it, and it just it's a shitty situation because we know it's bad, mm-hmm. but it's like they have nothing to go on. They have exactly. just absolutely nothing to go on. Who would you say your favorite character is? Oh, well, him. Michael Douglas' yeah, character? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's funny because mine's Robert Duvall's. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's either him or Robert Duvall. Well, yeah. And I just I just have a lot more fun with But with even Sandra, she's great, too. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, you know, she's a good cop. But, yeah, I, I would say I'm on the Robert Duvall, not because Michael Douglas' character became a bad guy or anything. Yeah. But I really loved watching his arc, mm-hmm. Um, honestly. Because as he's rising, as defense is falling he's rising right okay so let's kind of go into final thoughts i'm gonna so i since i've never seen this movie i kind of want to answer some categories that we talk about when watching a movie we've never seen would i watch it again definitely because i think you'll get um, an even better second viewing since you know what's happening you're gonna pick up on some more things 
and you're going to connect the dots. Again, just um, I love when you just watch a film and it's just brilliantly put together, like yeah. the tiniest little clues and they all connect even to the ending. It's it's really fantastic. This I'm really glad I saw this movie, honey, because yeah. it was very good. Um, so, yes, I would definitely watch it again. I think it needs a second viewing, um, maybe even more, because it's just <laughs> you're picking up more details mm. and it's making the film just more beautifully done again just because of the 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 storyline and the characters it's you know i i really i think it's definitely a, a good film to do a second view of buy it here's the thing so you're my boyfriend you you buy dvds all the time i don't need to buy them because you always uh, buy them yeah it's funny i was talking to you know um other friends or you know my other like um co-hosts um talking about different films we you know we don't really buy dvds a lot anymore which i i still do i i i i do if it's a it's a movie that i you know really love i need to own it on dvd because you know but i i feel like you you know you already own this movie it looks great in blu-ray by the way yeah. um looking um you can't tell it's a 93 movie yeah it came out in 1993 I mean, that tells you that is like i guess the music and the aesthetics of the uh of the sets and, and stuff like of the city yeah i actually the picked up on the, the sticker on his car it's in 92 expiration yeah, date yeah. so you know you can see it's the early 90s um even the style as well yeah, which i know joel schumacher really really has like a he's a huge fashion he was a huge fashion guy very oh, really? very fashionable yes speaking of fashion I, I we shouldn't be jumping to this but watching that guy protesting out of the loans place that's dressed exactly like defense exactly it was kind of like they were in the same boat he was just one of these guys that had been forgotten nobody cared about and he even yelled at him don't forget about me yeah he like he asked him and which is kind of like what he really kind of wanted mm-hmm. he, didn't just, he just didn't want to be forgotten yeah i mean he was just doing it in a way that was more you know freedom mm-hmm. of speech while he's going yeah i mean he obviously up. wasn't a, a bad person no. he was just protesting being taken away by the cops but it's I mean, but it's crazy because like everything about him was virtually the same he just didn't have glasses he had a pocket protector with mm-hmm. pens in it yeah, he, had, he, had he was the haircut. working man. Yeah, he was just a, he was a working man. I mean, yes, he was he was a black man, but he was the exact same man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why it was brilliantly done. And it's like almost literally another detail when y'all when whoever's listening, when you watch the movie, they're dressed in exactly the same clothes. Yeah, same pants, same shoes, same shirt, same exact tie. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. Which like, in the IMDb facts, like it brings up that oh, that detail. And it's funny that your mom never noticed that either. Yeah. I love that your mom, again, going back to the second viewing, you know, you've guys seen this movie a lot. You know, she picked up. She just noticed. She picked uh, up more details. And that's, I think that's just so fascinating. Again, beautifully done film. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's very, it's very artistic story wise, <laughs> um, film wise. I think I, I would definitely recommend it to, especially my friends. I would really hope that they're interested in watching this movie. Anyone that's a, and, and anyone that isn't familiar with Michael Douglas, just like me, you know, um, I'm trying like literally the latest film I saw was probably behind the candelabra, which you love so much. And uh, yeah, he's great. Oh my god, he's, he's fantastic in that, in that movie. movie. So you know he that man has range. Mm. You know he's very very talented. Yeah. And thank God he's healthy. You know after everything that happened. Yeah. And if if you don't know a lot about his his like career, this is a really good movie. That's it's up there. I feel like it's definitely should be up there in his career. Kind of disappointing. I, I kind of wish he got recognized for it. I feel like if this film was rec- like done today, probably would have because yeah. it's a fantastic story, yeah. fantastic performance too. I'm definitely glad I saw it. Um, I think I I needed to see it. It's very impactful. I don't know. There's just I mean, especially you know coming off of 
just seeing Joker back last year. Very great movie to compare it to. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it just, it would have been more recognized coming out now. I really, I kind of hope people ha- like discuss it more nowadays. I feel like back then maybe it wasn't as, I mean, I mean, I think the popularity was there. But I mean, I just, I feel like it would have been probably more appreciated today. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. sadly. I think, I mean, maybe it was it was popular then. I don't I can't, I, obviously I can't speak to that. I was only two years old. I mean, I've definitely heard a lot more about it in recent time mm-hmm. than I ever had. And yeah, I think it's a movie people should definitely watch now. I mean, it's, right. it, it holds up so well. Definitely holds up. I mean, even it just, today. I mean it, you can, it's kind of like a timeless movie. I mean, you can just watch that movie at any point mm-hmm. and it just, it works. It just really works. Yeah. I think it's also just a testament to, you know, how different the, uh, the whole movie scene is now. You know what I mean? I mean, here you had one of the biggest actors ever taking a pay cut because he really thought this movie had something going for it. Yeah. And it's an excellent movie. It's Mm. not this, you know, real expensive freaking superhero film or some pretentious Oscar bait film or some garbage. Like it was just a movie made with quality. And by someone that didn't make, write a lot of films. Yeah. He was an actually an actor. When you look at, when you look at, um, his IMDb, his name is Eb Rose Smith, by the way. You know, he's acted in over 70 things. And, oh, wow. you know, he's only written three things. And it was this, another thing, and, like, another movie. Okay, so, quick thing. The budget was $25 million, And the, it made $40.9 million at the box yeah. office. So, again, not, not a huge, you know... I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't... I feel like, again, probably would have been bigger um, today. Would I see this movie in theaters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I would see this in theaters because it's just so... Again, the cinematography, the way it paints L.A. and the way it paints, again, the irritability of, of the heat wave and of how society is, especially in the early 90s, it being crazy. I definitely would see it in theaters. There's a movie, um, and I <laughs> I was going to bring it up uh, when we were speaking about this before we saw the movie. Uh, it's called One Night at McCool's. Have you ever heard it? No, heard I've never it? heard of it. It's an awesome movie. It has... Uh, Liv Tyler, Matt Dillon, John Goodman, Paul Reiser, and Michael Douglas. Wow. Uh, I mean, huge cast. Michael, it was produced by Michael Douglas. Uh, the movie, <laughs> basically all three of these dudes, Paul Reiser, Matt Dillon, and John Goodman, they're all in love with Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. And all three of them are basically like sleeping with her at the same time. But oh. she's like living with Matt, with Matt Dillon. And they... Basically, she's like a different person with all three of them. She acts differently with all three of them. So they're all three and like there's a reason why she does the things that she does. But the movie starts off with Matt Dillon going to Michael Douglas and he's like a hitman and he's asking him to kill her. Oh, (laughs) so he's telling so he starts they're at a bar and he's telling Michael Douglas the story of like, you know, what happened, why he wants him to kill her. Uh And uh like I'm not going to go into spoilers, but there, <laughs> there's a part in the movie where there's like they're all at Matt Dillon's house and it's like this big shootout and like something happened. Matt Dillon helped Liv Tyler kill her ex-boyfriend. He was like oh, a real okay. prick. Yeah. It happens like at the beginning of the movie and that's how they get together. Right. Well, his brother shows up when they're in a standoff, when all three of them are in a standoff, when they're basically fighting over her and the brother... <laughs> the brother is dressed like defense 
Oh, wow. Yeah, like, he comes so in, like a... he's got the flat top haircut, horn rim glasses, white shirt, black tie, duffel bag full of guns. <laughs> and oh, he's my just like, God. one of y'all killed my brother, and he pull, starts pulling out guns from the duffel bag, and they're all, because John Goodman is a cop. He's like uh-huh. a motorcycle cop. And they're all just shooting at each other. Oh, and it's wow. just a random thing. Like, I, Oh, I, I love that. But though. it makes sense seeing that Michael Douglas is one of the producers of this movie. Yeah. So that makes total sense. I'll, I'll pull the scene up for you. Uh, afterwards you can see it on youtube but yeah like he's he's de- like he's dressed like defense he's defense. yeah and it's just cool like, kind what? of like nod to that to this yeah. um to to michael douglas yeah there. It, it's random i i i mean it has nothing to do with falling down but i, I just thought no it, was it slightly does i mean it, it's referencing it um you know so i just i do want to look at his top um you know films just talking about michael douglas i mean it's there it's actually number five. So here we go. It's Basic Instinct. You got Wall Street. Of course, that's a huge one. That Fatal, was one, yeah. Fatal Attraction, Ant-Man, and then you have Falling Down. So those that's kind of the how it's kind of, you know, kind of rate, like kind of talking about his yeah. biggest films, probably because of budget-wise, but also role-wise. I love that he was an Ant-Man, though, by the way. <laughs> that was a really kind of cool comeback later on in the years. Yeah. Um, which is a Marvel movie I actually enjoy. Other, I mean, it's all the same to me, but I think it's just because I like Paul Rudd a lot. But yeah, this movie is like insanely, it's fun, but it's also like this crazy roller coaster, emotional roller coaster that you go on. And it, and it's just really, I keep going on about how beautifully done it is because it is really nicely done and just rest in peace, Joel Schumacher. That dude yeah. is an excellent filmmaker, even though his, you know, the critics didn't love his work often just shit all over everything he did you know yeah, but it's weird. yeah it's really weird but you know his movies are so impactful and i'm gonna say especially this one you know as much as i'm a saint elmo's fire person I, I fucking love that movie i have the soundtrack on vinyl can't wait to do that podcast but <laughs> i'm like this movie is fantastic and and you know even phone booth is a really good movie that guy yeah, has phone a, booth is the one i always really think about when it comes another to one day film. again just let's yeah. bring up real quick that that it's a really good one day film which i'm actually looking a lot um like i'm looking at those more because i think those are kind of hard to do to accomplish but the the ones that do it they do it well and i think that's just what makes this movie awesome so honey it was fun i really i actually really liked watching this movie i'm sorry I'm it took, I'm I'm sorry it took so long in our relationship but Man, this movie was just insane. <laughs> but it's 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 worth it. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. If you made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much for listening to the show. Please like and follow us on Instagram at Never Seen It Texas. That's Seen It with S C E N E and then Texas just T X. And give us your feedback or a film recommendation. I want to thank Eric for joining me on the show today and our technical producer, Rami Garza, who makes this podcast possible. Until next time, I'm going home. <laughs>